You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. We are starting a brand new series called, obviously, when we start thinking about or talking about seed time and harvest, you know what this series is going to be about. This is going to be about provision. That's one. This is going to be about faith. All right. This is going to be about perhaps a scriptural perspective of work which I think is what we're going to be covering here. This is a series that I think all of us will benefit from. So turn your Bibles, mean me for a while, to the book of Genesis. Where else? When we start talking about harvest, seed time, let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. We'll begin with verse 26, and we'll read all the way down to verse 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And here it is. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that does the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Come, you are working, you're working, you're either single professional, anyone who's retired, you've already retired. Now, I'm not sure if you know this, but in our times right now, in our generation right now, many students are actually also working, right? Many students are working. Anyone here, a student and you're working, anyone? Sa panahon po kasi natin, nung iban sa atin, the students who are working, they're called working students, right? They work at the school for scholarship. But right now, some students are really working, doing online jobs, stuff like that, to be able to help the parents, very commendable. To be able to help the parents, that's the second reason. The first reason is to be able to afford their Shopee buys and Lazada and Zalora and stuff like that, right? Here's what's going to happen. I'd like for you to keep your Bibles open because we're not going to do a verse-by-verse exposition of this, but we'll try to look at this in terms of categories. So, what's interesting with the verse that we've read, I know these verses, this passage is familiar to all of you. Now, we will be referring, you know, from Genesis chapter 1, we'll go to Genesis chapter 2, and we'll refer to these two chapters in order for us to understand what we have here. Now, yes, we can look into Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, male and female, he created them. But for this, we're going to look at this entire passage, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, and understand what it has to say about provision, and perhaps about work. So what does Scripture says about work, provision? You can translate that to finance or whatever. That is what we endeavor to accomplish here, all right? One you can honestly say that one of your prayers is, Lord, provide for me. Anyone? 
Is that one of your prayers? I, I pray that. It's okay for us to pray those prayers. Now, here's what's interesting. There are several categories at which we can understand this, but let me start by discussing to everyone, telling everyone what's the hinge in all of these passages. Why do I say that? Because we have 26 to 31 is how many verses? You have five verses, you have six verses. In order for us to understand what this passage has to say about provision and work, there is one verse here that's like the hinge. You folks heard this? People would say, large doors swing on small hinges. Catch it? So let's try to identify what this hinge is. First, here's what we have to understand. In Genesis chapter 1, it's the story of the, the creation, isn't it, right? So it's a narrative, just to establish something. If you open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, you would realize that it gives us a picture of the work of creation. That's the first one, the work of creation. And then you would notice, and this is what we're going to look into later, from talking about the work of creation in Genesis chapter 1, you would notice that it starts shifting to human work. Alright? So, the idea that work came because of the fall is actually false. Alright? So, hindi po natin pwedeng sabihin, nagtatrabaho ako ngayon kasi nga, nag-fall si Adam. It's not like that. Even pre-fall, God has mandated man to work. Clear? The work became laborious or the work became so hard because of the fall. So pre-fall, there is already work. So meaning to say, let me establish something very clear here. Humankind, all of us, we have a mandate to work. Alright? So let's try to understand what this is all about. So everything is grounded, like what I said, on this small hinge. Where do we find this small hinge? It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says here, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Alright, so the first thing, the one small hinge that could be, I would say, perhaps an interpretive key to understand the entire passage is found in verse 26. First things first, men... All of us are created in the image and likeness of God. So, we're not just talking about Christians. Generally, every humankind, all humankind rather, have been created in the image and likeness of God. Whether you're Portuguese, you're Pakistani, you're Burmese, or Filipino, or American, whatever your nationality is, whether you are unbeliever or unbeliever, you have been made in the image and likeness of God. First thing should be established is the fact that we have been created in the image and likeness of God. Alright? I hope that's very clear in this verse that we find here. If you're not convinced with that, let me bring you to a repetition of those words in Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. Look at this. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, you know what? Moses reiterates and says, when God created humankind, this is the book of the generations of Adam, when God created man, he made him in the, in the likeness of God. Alright? So, pagka tinanong niyo po ako ngayon, hindi po ito yung preaching natin, pero pasok ko lang. Pag tinanong niyo po ako ngayon, bakit nga ba hindi tama ang murder? Bakit nga ba, why should I not murder someone 
in deeds or even in thoughts. Kasi minsan, hindi naman tayo murderous in deeds, pero murderous tayo in thoughts, mamatay ka na sana. Di ba? Minsan, ganun tayo. Alright? So, why shouldn't we do that? Why shouldn't we curse at someone who disappointed us? Why shouldn't we yell or curse at someone who cuts us in traffic? The simple reason is, every single person in the world has been made in the image and likeness of God. You do that to mankind, you do that to God. A violation to a man is a violation to God. Clear. Alright? Clear. Now, who am I can say that creation is wonderful? Who likes flowers? You love flowers. You love gardening. You remember during pandemic, we had so many plantitos and plantitas. Right? So, ano nangyari sa mga halaman nyo ngayon? Paso na lang. Right? Maganda naman yung paso. Diba? So, I don't know with you, but different people have different devotional pathways. Some people feel so connected with God when they read a book. Some people get so connected with God when they listen to music. Listen, at the end of the day, I have not met a person, a Christian for that matter, who doesn't feel connected with God with how awesome nature is. So at the end of the day, the majesty and beauty of God's creation draws us closer to the Lord. Right? Even unbelievers who would go up Mount Talinus would say, Achadaa diribay, guapuha diribay, would post it on Instagram. They would always confess at how beautiful the creation is, even if they do not understand the creator behind the creation. Right? So if you look at Genesis chapter 1, what does it talk about? It talks about the display of God's design, God's power, God's goodness. He has created all sorts of animals. Not everything was named there because Adam was the one who was given a task to name them. But let's think about all the animals that you can think of. You know, every single one of them, God created them. Do you folks realize this? The Bible teaches us, all right? If we start reading these verses, every single animal pre-fall. Before the fall, every single animal were actually herbivores. None of them had canines. You don't believe me? You go to the book of Isaiah, that part of the restoration of the Lord is for what? For the lion and the lamb to come together. Without the lamb being attacked and stuff like that. Alright? So, that's actually something that you'd actually glean here in God's word. In God's perfect order, everything lives in harmony. Now, I don't know how the lion will attack you. The lion will chew you to death, whatever. No, there's no such thing because everyone lives in harmony. Everything was so beautiful, but only man was created in God's image. Only man was created in God's image. Friends, may I please remind you and tell you that you have not evolved from monkeys? Ang baba naman ng tingin natin sa sarili natin, pagka nakakita ng unggoy sa Amlanzu, tapos sasabihin natin, oy, ito yung ganito itsura ng ninuno ko. Di, sa inyo na lang. Huwag niyo kay damay. If you untangle the book of Genesis, you untangle the rest of the Bible. So meaning to say, if we are sold out, if we have the conviction to embrace the account of Genesis, it tells us that for a Christian believer, you understood that the Lord has created us. Not just created us, but created us in His image and likeness. Now, if we move further, like what I said, there are different categories here, and that's what we're going to cover. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, it gives us a picture of what we need to do as people created 
in God's image. So it's like this. Look. Who was created in the image of God? Man. Alright? So, you and I are image bearers. Alright? So, meaning to say, the Lord, what's the most magnificent animal that you can think of? The most beautiful animal? Polar bear. Giraffe. Peacock. Look, the Lord, yes, He created the peacock, He created the polar bear, the killer whale, the orca, all of these animals, but they were never given any responsibility. Catch it? The responsibility rests solely on those who bear the image of God. Alright? So meaning to say, if you are an image bearer of God, we have been given a task. We have been given a work. We need to do a certain work. That is what we will find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. Now, the second part, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, beginning with verse 4, down to verse 25, it talks about how God describes or how God equips Adam and Eve to do the work. All right? Genesis chapter 1 simply tells us, or it's like an abstract, that there's going to be work. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, down to verse 26, God specifically gives the practical things that Adam and Eve would need to do in order for them to tend the garden. Genesis 1 talks about work in an abstract way. Genesis chapter 2 talks about work in a practical way. So we'll have to combine them both. So here's what we're going to do. We'll look at the first one. First things first, I said the hinge here is we are all image bearers of God. All right? We are all image bearers of God. Now, look, in line with that, let's start with the first one. Because we are image bearers, we have been given the work to take dominion. Right? So, ulit-ulitin ko lang yung premise I'll keep repeating the premise that we are all image bearers. Because that's where everything is derived. So first, because we are image bearers of God, as image bearers, man was tasked to exercise dominion. Alright, so that's the first one. Where do we find that? Look, go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Here's the mandate of man. But it says here, let them, look at the first task, the first task, the first task of an image bearer. The first task of an image matter is to take dominion. Alright? Catch that? We have been called by the Lord to take dominion over, look at this, over whom? Over the fish under the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In short, all creation. Who will take dominion over all creation? Man will. Because we are the image bearers of God. Clear enough? Now, let me try to explain this for a while. I tried understanding what this is. Because when you say dominion right now, I don't know with you, but if I think about dominion, I start thinking about, in a sinful lens, when I think about dominion, I start thinking about a ground and pound in UFC. Only the guys can understand that. So that's something like that, right? So Michael Jordan beating LeBron James. Something like that, right? So... Let's try to look at this. So, what do we have here? God says, you are an image bearer. 
and you have to take dominion over all creation. It means that we have been what? Given, okay, God created us for a basic purpose. And the basic purpose is, as God's representative, we are to exercise royal dominion over His creation. Because we are the image bearers, so we are the representatives of God. So meaning to say, we are expected to manage, steward, and develop God's creation. Right? Before I became a Christian, I was part of a group of environmentalists here in this city. I look back and I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of because it doesn't make sense. All right? so, but anyway, I was part of a group of environmentalists. I remember that was June 5, 2004, when I finally decided I cannot split my time between environmentalism and Christianity. I'm going to give it my all to the Lord. And lo and behold, I realized when I started studying Genesis that to a certain extent, hindi pala futile yung desire ko personally for the environment. Because actually, it's a call for Christians to be good stewards of the environment. Amen? It's actually a call for the Christians, for men, to be good stewards of the environment. To exercise dominion in the created world, the reason for that is because we mirror God. We mirror God. Now, let me try to explain this for a while. Here's what Martin Luther said when he started talking about Man taking dominion. Here's what he actually said. Pre-fall. Again, pre-fall. When I say pre-fall, this is before the, before the fall of man, before the sin of Adam. All right? So pre-fall, here's what Martin Luther has to say. This isn't the exact quote. But he says, he was fully convinced that before the fall, Adam's eyes were so sharp, right? Adam's eyes were so sharp and clear that they surpassed those of an eagle, Adam was stronger than the lions and the bears, whose strength is very great. And he handled them the way he would handle puppies. In short, I want us to understand, friends, wag po nating itulad si Adam sa atin. Alright? Pre-fall, Adam has been given the task by the Lord to take dominion. How can you take dominion if you're the meek one? Alright, how can you take dominion if you're not the most special one? The crown jewel of God's creation in man. And therefore, rightly so, the one who has all the right abilities to take dominion is actually man. Who was created in the image and likeness of God. Who was created in the image and likeness of God. And what happened here, you folks remember this in Psalm chapter 8 verse 5. It says here, yet you have made man, look at this a little lower than the angels, than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. So, you have three categories. You have three categories. The heavenly beings, all right? The beast, the animals, all right? The heavenly beings and the animals, and you have man. Catch it? So, man in a certain, to a certain sense, not greater than the heavenly beings, but it says here, you have made him a little lower. Take note of this. It doesn't say, may I remind you, it doesn't say man was created a little higher than beast. No, it's a little lower than angels. May implication po yung understanding na ganun. Hindi ka lang lamang sa animal. Hindi. Pwede mo sabihin, mas mababa ng konti sa angel. Huwag mo sabihin na alamang ka lang ng konti sa hayop. Are you folks following? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, do not categorize yourself with beasts and animals. As most of our teachers in evolutionary biology will tell you. Are you folks following? But you realize this. Here's how dangerous sin is. Every time man sins, 
He always stoops down or goes down to a bestial level. They become animal-like. Men become animal-like in our ways, in our attitude. We don't care anymore when sin becomes you know, a recurring thing in our life. Pre-fall, friends, pre-fall, the Lord has created us to take dominion because we have been made in the image and likeness of God. So I'm thinking about this. Anong implication ito sa work natin? What's the implication of this in our work? What's the implication of this in our studies, perhaps? All right? If we start understanding that, it gives me a picture then that if I think about the implication of this in my workplace, in your workplace, you would start thinking then that, don't you think that as God's image bearers, our work should display something that represents God. Ah, kaya pala gusto natin ng excellence. That's why we want something beautiful. We want something excellent. Why? Because we've been called to be leaders. God has called us to take dominion, to take leadership, not just to take care of things, but to take charge of things. And I hope and pray, I hope and pray that when we tell students, change the campus, change the world, friends, it's not just a slogan, it is a reality that we want to happen in their life. I was talking with one of our former students here, who's a lawyer now, two Sundays ago, we were talking about she got saved in the church, was discipled as a student, and now she's a lawyer, and she's talking to us, telling us about the difficult things about lawyering and stuff like that. And she would tell us that she has a hard time signing or making notarization for something that she feels uncomfortable. And finally, she has to say no to 15,000 pesos. She has to say no to 20,000 pesos, even if she needs the money. Because of what? Because of conviction. Friends, you want to understand what change the campus, change the world is? That is change the campus, change the world. Taking charge, taking leadership. Why? Because we have been created in the image and likeness of God. You are not like your workmates. Far be it from us for our workmates not recognizing that we're actually different. The reason why there's no green jokes coming out of your mouth, the reason why you're not doing what they're doing is because you have your own convictions. Why? Because you are the image bearer of the Lord. That's why you're different. That's what sanctification is. God has created you to be different. When people at the workplace, the classroom tells you you're weird, fine, you're weird. Pag nagka-problema, sila sa'yo rin naman takbo yan, magpapapray rin sa'yo yan. When I was a student, I have two other brothers and they're older than me. So imagine how chaotic my mom's life was. Right? So... And I became a Christian when I was 19, and part of a conviction that I had, that we had as students, just a conviction. It wasn't something that was dictated on us. But, you know, we wanted to wait on the right person. We don't want to engage ourselves with different disposable relationships. We just want to wait for the right person. But when I say, when I invite someone for courage and stuff like that, it's always a view of marriage. Now, can you imagine that? I was the only Christian in our family. I would tell that to my brother. My brother would ask me, Archie, but wala girlfriend? Kumexplain kasi Krisyano ako. Kasi, basta. Alam mo na itsura ng brother ko. Ah, ikaw ba? Pwede ka naman mag-open up. Muntik mo wala yung pagka-Krisyano ko, bugbugi ko sana yung kuya ko. <laughs> Ang hirap po, siyempre tutuksuin ka, people will mock you, people will say you're weird. Ito na si Jesus, Jesus. It's okay. It's taking charge at the end of the day. I want you to understand this. If you're the only Christian in your workplace, if you're the only Christian in the family, you are the blessing that workplace, you are the blessing that family. Be proud to be a Christian. 
The work of redemption actually starts with you towards your workmates. The Lord has called man to take dominion. Look at this, Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. You know, it gives us a picture that we are actually equipped for the work of dominion. No plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field yet sprung up. The Lord God had not caused to rain upon the earth, and there was no one, look at this, there was no one to till the ground, not until man was created. Right? So, my confidence ako, I have this level of confidence that when we talk to the kings and queens of the land, when you talk to mayors, when you talk to congressmen, when you talk to senators, you don't go there, uh, you're asked to pray for a congressman, you're asked to pray for a senator. You don't go there thinking, I am just a student, I am just like this. No, I want you to understand, you're going to be the one whom God is going to use to be a blessing to them. Your confidence doesn't lie in your eloquence, your confidence lies in the fact that you are an image bearer of the Lord. We have been created in the image and likeness of God. Here's the sad reality. The problem is, we're supposed to exercise dominion by working, by tilling the ground. But because of man's sinfulness, we took dominion differently. Now dominion is being authoritarian. Now dominion is looking down on other people, stepping on other people, doing all sorts of things that makes the workplace a toxic place. Here's what happens. I want us to understand what God tells us that we have been given dominion. It gives us a picture of that. The idea there is that as image bearers of God, we have to work for creation. The problem is, guess what? We have worked against creation. You want a case in point in that? Go outside of your house and look at your barangay. Look at how we treat the mountains and the seas. Do you folks realize this? I don't know if you know this, but the most biodiverse nation in the world is the Philippines. You folks know that? The most biodiverse nation, of, I'm talking about a biodiversity in a square kilometer of sea, square kilometer of land. The most biodiverse nation in the world is the Philippines. You also realize that one of the biggest plastic pollutants in the world, may sachet ng rejoice, may sachet ng palmolive, merong lumpia, Shanghai na, ang dami po nating plastic. Ang problema, hindi tayo marunong mag-dispose. Wala tayong kinikilalang recycling and stuff like that. Now, this isn't any social justice or whatever. I'm just telling you, this is basically an, an implication of that. An implication of that is that we have to take care of or steward God's creation. We have to steward God's creation. Now, look, here's another thing. As image bearers, we have to work in the context of relationship. Where do we find that? Look at this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. As image bearers, we have to work in the context of relationship. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Look at this one. Male and female, right after that was the task to work, to take dominion. It wasn't given to Adam. It was given to Adam and Eve. Meaning to say, to work has something to do or it has to be done in the context of relationship. It's always done in the context of relationship. Male and female, he created them. Now, I don't know how this looks like. 
I'm not sure. I haven't studied this. So I'm not sure if Adam was like, this one is called goat. This one is lion. What do you think, Eve? What do you call this? Gumamela or gumamela? I don't know. Maybe. I'm just using my imagination. But it's always done in the context of relationship. Now, if you want to, what do you call this? Question that. Think about this for a while. Think about this for a while. We serve a relational God. Don't you think that God related well with Adam and Eve before the fall? He did. He would what? Walk in the cool of the day to be with Adam and Eve. All right? So the Lord has already established that He is a relational God. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, because we bear His image, though not exactly, though not exactly, but because we bear His image, if God is for relationship, then it goes on to say that for us to be effective in our work, our relationships around us should be intact. Sino po sa inyo, mahirap pong mag-isip ng maigi kung meron kayong kaaway. Pag-bothered ka kasi meron kang nakasagutan. Pag-bothered ka kasi meron bitterness among you in the house or with your friends. Difficult to operate in that sense because work has been created for us to do the work in the context of a community, in the context of a relationship with each other. Now look, he created all sorts of things. He declared it is good. Tama? He declared it's good. Look at this. What was Adam's response when Eve was given to him? He was what? He was overjoyed. He was overjoyed. Friends, the first rap in the Bible was given by Adam. Out of his excitement, he said, This is a last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Because of ecstasy, because he was overjoyed. Why? Because the Lord has given him a companion. In the word, there is ezer, which means helper. And guess what? Bago niyo po isipin, nakaka-offend naman. Ang tawag sa babae ba? Kami lang ba yung helper? Before you think about ezer, ezer, helper there, is actually a term that's used to describe who God is. Meaning to say, if it's a word described to tell us about who God is in Ezekiel, in other parts of your Bible, it tells us then that because man cannot operate without Ezer, in the same way, man can operate fully with his Ezer. When we are married, all the men, all the husbands, tama po ba ako? Pag kayo po naiwan ng one week sa bahay nyo, ano kayo itsura ng bahay nyo? Tama po ba? Tapos pagparating na si Missy, saka ka pa maglalabas, saksak mo lang ng lahat. It becomes chaotic without the presence of women. Whether in the church or in a household. To a certain extent, they give us good advice, godly counsel, and stuff like that. And in a sense, you know, Adam, Adam worked well because we have to understand relationships are not incidental to work, they are essential to work. A relationship with each other. So at the end of the day, here's an application to this. I hope and pray that in our workplace, in our workplace, our workplace will be a place of deep and meaningful relationship. If you know the staff of the church, these people that I work with, I would tell my wife, 
yung staff, you know, when they talk to each other, parang hindi na sila workmates, parang magkakapatid na. Di ba iba na ako kayo mag-usap pag sa mga kapatid nyo? Compared sa, pagkausap ko si Kevin, iba naman yung pagkausap ko yung kapatid ko. Yung kapatid ko mas sobrang casual, pagkausap ko si Kevin, mas formal ng konti. So magkakapatid po, ibig sabihin, talagang alam mo yun, nagkakaalaman na ng, alam mo ng weaknesses ng isa't isa. Pero mahal pa rin po ang isa't isa. Right? So mahal po ni, mahal ni Engineer Lloyd, si Mark, mahal ni Mark, si Matt, lahat po. Here's another thing. So, we are to take dominion. We have to work in the context of relationship. Now, I want to talk about the next one. This is important. This is important. Actually, this is the preaching. Because we are image bearers of God, we receive God's provision. We receive God's provision. Now, how do we explain that? Look, God is the one who provides for our needs. Look, Genesis chapter 1, verse 29 to 30. All right, what do we have here? And God said, Behold, he's talking to Adam. Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every birds of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that's breath of life, I have given, look at this one, every green plant for food. That's why I was telling you, everyone was a herbivore. Wala pong carnivorous, pre-fall. Everyone's like having Caesar salad and stuff like that. Alright, so, kaya po, tama rin pala yung mga nakapakinggi ko sa radyo. Ganun lagi yung radyo. Yung radyo na dumagit, napansin nyo ba? Ang daming advertisement ng mga kung ano, nung herbal stuff. Mas maraming advertisement kesa sa music. Anyway, we've been given food now. Look at this. If I start looking at this, I realize that Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, the habitat was given first before the inhabitant. Tama po ba? Case in point. Nasa day 2 ng creation, yung water in the sky and water in the ocean. Nasa day 5, yung birds tsaka fish. Balik na natin kaya. Paano pag ginawa ni Lord, una yung bird tsaka yung fish. Walang langit, walang tubig. You, you get a picture? I want you to understand, God is God of order. Everything was created. Listen, everything was chaotic and God was the one who put things in order. And if you look at day 3, day 3, the Lord created the land Alright, before he created day six, what? Animals and human. Tama po ba? Day three versus day six. Imagine kung nauna yung man before kinunate yung lupa. Ano mangyari saan? Diretso tayong impero lahat. The point being is, I want us to understand, the Lord created every single thing to sustain man first before he created man. That the moment man opened his eyes, all he needs to do is fellowship with the Lord because everything is provided for. Because everything has been provided for. Whether it's food and shelter and all of these things. In fact, isn't this interesting that even when we sinned, even when man sinned, Clothing was already provided. Isn't it? Clothing was already provided. For some reason, when man sinned, the animal covering was already there to cover man's sin. Everything has already been provided. As image bearers of man, as image bearers of man, I want us to understand that the Lord would bless the works of our hands. Amen? He would bless the works of our hands. It God intends... God intends to bless us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. 
right? Humanity is meant to work to actualize the earth's potential. I don't know with you, but God could have created everything with their names already. God could have created everything, that everything is sprouting already. But no, the Lord has given His image bearers the work to till the ground, to actualize the work that He wants to happen in creation. That is why, if you look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, there is something with beauty that man is attracted with. When something is beautiful, when something is beautiful, it is attractive. So I want you to understand this. What does it mean then? What does it mean then? Because the Lord has called us as His image bearers by the very fact that we are image bearers of man. The work that you do in your workplace, the work that you do whether you're working from home or in the workplace, the work that you do in your academics should be beautiful and excellent because it reflects the glory of God. If we have been cheating in the workplace, cheating with time, with resources, clacking in late, clacking out early, and stuff like that, boss is not here, no one's looking at me, there's no CCTV, whatever, I can do whatever I want. I want you to understand that lazy work of yours, do not glorify God. Do not glorify God. When you've been giving it your all over and over again, and no one seems to notice, you don't worry because the Lord notices that work. The Lord sees the works of your hands. And to my knowledge, here's how I understand who my God is. I realize and understand that God, the God that I worship, is a reward. The Lord will reward His people. That is why I want us to understand, even in our church, in the way we do ministries, volunteers in this church, volunteers in this church, I remember Pastor Donnie telling us when we were young, when we were students, he would tell us, pag hindi man lang excellent, wag na lang. Pag hindi man lang excellent, wag na lang. That's why in the ministry we teach people, we need to have a consider it done attitude. Why? Because it's not for pastor. It's not for the pastor. It's not for the campus mission. At the end of the day, it's for the Lord. If I do things excellent in the ministry, by the way, excellent doesn't mean extravagant. Come on now. But if your thoughts are in it, if things are done thoughtfully, if you've invested so much in it, you've given it your all, then at the end of the day, God is glorified with that work. Why? Because beauty reflects who God is. That's why beauty is attractive. Excellence is attractive. Now, I'm not here to say that you have to make idolatry out of excellence or beauty because sometimes we do that, human as we are, but I'm just saying that it has to be our motivation that we get to glorify God with the work that we do. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden and the east. Look at this. This is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Ito practical aspect. Look at the practical aspect. And there he put the man whom he had formed. What does the verse tell you? The verse tells us that man was not created in the garden. Man was not created in the garden. 
man was created in quote unquote in the wilderness. That's why I want us to understand I'm not here to destroy someone's reputation or stuff, but I think to a certain extent it's dangerous when we say that man is wild at heart. I don't think so. You don't say, Pabaya mo na ganyan talaga ang mga lalaki. Wild at heart talaga yung mga lalaki. But guess what? Yes, we were created in the wilderness, but God puts us. He puts us in the garden. He puts us certain boundaries and forms in our life. At the end of the day, as image bearers of God, we ought to live a life of discipline that is evident in our work, in our family, in our ministry, in the things that we do in our own personal lives that we reflect the image of God. We're not just wild and cluttered and stuff like that. No, 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 no. There is a form, boundaries, because our call is to cultivate, to till the ground. What do we cultivate things for? To make things grow even better. In the workplace, in your school, you are the cultivator. People ought to look for you to what? To bring in or usher in help, hope, excellence, standards, values, and things like that. Something that is uncommon in the world out there. I don't know with you, but I just love being a Christian. Don't you love being a Christian? I feel like there's just so much. This is how I understand when Paul says, every spiritual blessing under heaven is appropriated to me. I just love being a child of God. I just love being a son of the Lord. Because I feel like there's the boundaries. You know, sometimes we don't, sometimes we hate boundaries. Actually, boundaries gives us freedom to move and do the things and the works of the Lord without the repercussion of falling into certain things that will what? That will jeopardize our relationship with God. That is something that Adam stepped out of. And it's something that Christ Jesus had redeemed for every single one of us. Here's the mandate. Genesis 2.15 The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do two things. Look at this one. To till it and to keep it. Catch it? The work of man. The work of man is to toil. To toil. But not just to toil. Also to keep. To keep it that way. To keep it excellent. To keep it beautiful. To keep it flourishing. To keep it bountiful and stuff like that. It is the responsibility of man by virtue of the fact that we have been called the image and bearers of God. The image bearers of God. Lastly, this is for all of you, all of you who are workaholics, all of us who have made an idol out of our work. All right, so I know a lot of us, especially perhaps the men, are guilty of this. We work na sa parang, yung misis mo parang nainis na, Huh? Trabaho pa rin? Church pa rin? Matawagan ngayon pastor na yan. Kasalanan ko patuloy. Alauna na madaling araw, alas tres na madaling araw, trabaho pa rin. Look at this. As God's image bearers, we are blessed by the limits set by the Lord. We are blessed by the limits set by the Lord. Where do we find it? Look at this. Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Does God get tired from all the work? Did He get tired from all the work? No, of course He did not get tired. He doesn't get tired. Does He get burned out? No, He doesn't get burned out. 
He simply gives us a picture that rest is beautiful. Amen? That rest is godly. Listen, everyone who's working here, don't you ever feel guilty when you're resting. It's a false burden. Why am I resting today? Why am I in Hong Kong? You don't feel guilty about taking your vacation leaves. You don't feel guilty about taking your sick leaves. Your rest, because it gives you a picture that at the end of the day, human as we are, we are limited. Rest teaches us that things will continue on going and going even without you. Things will flourish because at the end of the day, we are only image bearers. We're not God Himself. The ministry will still run. Your work will still run. Rest is a gift. That is why, that is why, the Bible teaches us to remember the Lord's day. To remember the Sabbath. Rest, a lot of times for us is, rest for me is Netflix. Rest for me is social media. You know, I'm not against those things, but you folks realize sometimes when you're social media and you feel like you're resting, after two hours on social media, all the more you're burdened, you're worried, you're anxious because you're seeing so many clatters out there. I want you to understand rest isn't just a day. Rest is a person. And so, may I submit this to every single one of you here in our morning worship. Never miss out on corporate worship on the Lord's day. If you must drug yourself to come here on a Sunday, I want you to understand, friends, this is something that we look forward to, to worshiping God. This is rest. Why? Because the means of grace of the grace of God to refresh you is in our corporate worship. The preaching of the word, singing songs to the Lord, fellowshipping with each other is actually a rest to your soul. To all of us here, workaholics, rest tells us that you're not autonomous, that you're fully dependent on the Lord. I will tell you that honestly, for me personally, this is actually a rebuke to me. Because I feel like I have, to, I have to be there. I have to do this. I feel like, you know, the staff, you know, Tom will have to be there. Hi will have to be there. But at the end of the day, hmm. Ephesians teaches us that our work is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So at the end of the day, my growth is your growth. Your growth is my growth. At the end of the day, we stay doing the things of the ministry in the capacities that we can on a given day. That's going to be it. Then we offer it to the Lord. This is interesting. I was having coffee with Brian and we were talking about his brother, Ryan. Ryan is graduating and they're going to have a graduation banquet. All the graduates from this church, they're going to have a graduation banquet wherein they're going to have one day to have catering, to invite their family, for their unbelieving family actually to experience what church life is. The thing is, the graduates will have to support it themselves. So that's why the graduates were selling coffee, burger, and stuff like that. And you know, his brother, Bral, was telling him, the prayerful guy was telling him, why don't you sell on Sunday? And Ryan was like, no, I can't do that. 
because it's my conviction that it's my time with the Lord. It's Sabbath. I'm not going to work. But you need the money. Yes, we need, you need the money. But it's Sunday. But the coffee will expire on Monday. You have to sell it on Sunday. Yes, the coffee will expire on Sunday. But it is my Lord's Day. At the end of the day, friends, I hope and pray that we all carry a certain level of conviction when it comes to corporate worship, when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to our work, all by virtue of the fact that the first thing that we have to understand, we are all image bearers of the Lord. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.